Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 268. This is all there is. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. Today's episode is actually an excerpt from a little school of big change call that happened um, in March of 2023. It was in our spring six-week course. Um, is the beginning of a call from the six-week course, so not from our graduate community, but on those calls, I often just talk a little bit uh, to kick things off. And so that's what I'm sharing with you today. So in this um I talk about how everything that shows up is, is, it's just what's showing up. It's what's here. And notice how much the mind says, this isn't it. This isn't it. I need to be different. I need to be better. I need to hear something else. I need something different to show up. I don't know why I feel this way. I felt that way earlier. There's this constant search in the mind and only in the mind for something else, as if there's something else. There is nothing else. Every feeling about something else, every experience of something else is a thought because that's the only place that something else exists is in thought. It's make-believe. It's make-believe. So we're sitting here now in fully in this experience right this very instant and this is all that exists and our mind will paint a picture of before or later or something else and then we're so identified with that picture that we start to believe oh there really is something else (laughs) this really could be different or I really could go back to how I was or I really could change in the future but those are stories that's that's a thought that's not the reality. The reality is only ever hear this right now. So I talk about that uh, here in the context of um, people helping people who were coming to a course to be changed, kind of see how their progress is going or their their thoughts about their progress. And um, and I hope it's I hope it's helpful. Before we go into questions, I'll say a little bit about. Um, what I was wanting to share, thinking about how kind of like these phases in a sense that I think we go through when it comes to, I don't know, being human, like coping with life, seeing how things work. It kind of feels like there's a, you know, an initial phase where it really looks to every human like the things that happen out in the world create our experience where we are um, we're just at the whim of what happens in the world. And, and when good things happen in the world, we get to be happy. And when bad things happen in the world, we have to be upset in a sense, you know, our, our experience looks very, very tied to circumstance. So what happens in that situation is a lot of anxiety because how we feel is totally, totally down to what's going to happen in the world, right? Our, 
the degree to which we can be at peace and just at ease in life and have a nice life looks like it's very much about circumstances or other people. So in order to deal with that level of anxiety and the heaviness of that, we tend to exhaust ourselves trying to manipulate the world out there and our circumstances to make things as good as possible. We try to have, you know, make the right choices, have the right job, have the right amount of money or relationships or whatever to give us security because that's where security looks like it comes from. Get those conditions right, you get to feel secure. Get them wrong, you're going to suffer. We try to be the right kind of person. We try to get everything about ourselves right so that we're lovable because if you're lovable, then you get to be happy, get to be loved. If you're not, then you don't. Now, we don't necessarily go through life thinking about it that way, but I think we can probably all agree that that's the paradigm we're sort of conditioned into. And we start to see through that, I think, pretty darn early. I mean, maybe even in childhood, for sure, some people in childhood, for sure, by our teenage years, our our young adult years, we start seeing, okay, I'm not going to be able to control all these circumstances. It doesn't mean we stop trying, but we notice how exhausting it is to be constantly chasing things out there and trying to make the world and other people and all of that conform or just look in a way that allows us what we're looking for. It is completely exhausting. And again, usually by definitely by early adulthood, we've had quite a few instances where we see on some level, crap, this is not going to work. This is not a happy end of the story. So often we sort of evolve in a sense And, you know, the suffering of that forces us to see something else because that's what suffering's about. Like we don't, we don't necessarily want, I know everyone wants their own suffering gone, but suffering, it's part of life that, that keeps waking us up and keeps having us look in different directions. So the suffering of that, the hopelessness, the, okay, I can't control the world. I have to figure out a way to be happy with what I have. All of that, that we all go through often kind of leads into this sort of, this is just illustration sake, of course, but this kind of second phase where we get that, we're not going to control life and that, and maybe we even kind of get that life isn't directly impacting us the way that it appeared to be because we've all been on vacations and felt anxiety and felt miserable. And we've all been in the middle of really hard circumstances that everyone would say, how did you handle that? Where we actually felt peaceful or we knew we were okay. So again, now your mind will filter those out because your mind has its theories and it will only give you evidence that, that says, nope, that's doing it. That's doing it. But, but if you look and please keep looking, if you're, if you're still, if this still feels a little new, there is just oodles and oodles of evidence that, that how we feel is not directly tied to what's happening in the world. So we start to see that how we feel is coming from somewhere else. It's, it's thoughts and feelings and these weird things we can't really put our hands on. Um, but we, we kind of wake up to that a little bit. And that can feel simpler for sure, because now it's just what's arising in here. <laughs> you know, it's not 
what someone else might say to us or what might happen with our job or whatever that's going to determine our happiness in life. We see that it's closer to home. There's some, some peace in that, some hope in that. It's a little simpler. But often what happens now is then the search just turns to a different direction. And now we're searching for how do I control my inner experience? What are the right tools? What do I do with these thoughts? How do I meditate? How do I, you know, what are the tools to help me manage my thoughts and feelings? So that becomes equally exhausting, right? That's equally exhausting is trying to change the world out there. And and there is no answer we're going to find from someone else. You know, we now we're just afraid before we were afraid of bad things happening in the world. Now we're just afraid of our own thoughts and feelings, really. And, and maybe we see something around that. Maybe we kind of come to see, oh, they come and go. And when I do meditate, I, I see something about that. Wonderful. We stumble upon things that are helpful in letting us be with that inner experience. But, but, you know, to some degree, for, for some of the time, often there's, there's now just the fear is transferred. Rather than bad things happening out there, it's about bad things happening in here. We feel like a victim to our moods or a victim of intrusive thoughts. And these things need to change for me to feel okay. So both of those states have us in a ton of seeking. They have us looking outward for the right patch or solution or strategy or whatever for the steps that are going to make it all change so that we can be okay. And then we get exhausted. That doesn't work. There's, it's 2023. (laughs) I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm sure you are too. Like, look at how advanced this planet appears to be. If there were formulas or strategies for being happy or for making right decisions or for any of that, I think we would have stumbled upon them by now. So again, we keep getting that sense that like we just keep getting exhausted by all this seeking that doesn't really get us anywhere. It appears to, we get a little hopeful, but it doesn't actually move us anywhere. It just keeps us in this seeking cycle. And eventually that exhausts us. And then, then now we have to look somewhere else. And we're like, okay, that wasn't it either. What is it? And that's, I believe, where we are. This is where we're looking anyway. Is it can't be about changing everything. We've tried that forever. Maybe there's something in seeing that things don't need to always be changed. Maybe there's something in seeing that this, this is it. (laughs) This is all there is. It's this. And this is, this is heaven on earth. But for thoughts and beliefs that you didn't come up with, that you've been, have been conditioned into you from the time you were born and that were given to you and are constantly reinforced by the world around us. But they are thoughts and beliefs and they are untrue thoughts and beliefs that this isn't it could be better, should be better. I shouldn't be feeling this. And now all that's happening is a, and you're not doing this. None of us are doing this, but what gets set up is this constant resistance. I don't like this. I don't like this. I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't feel this way. Where's my nice feeling? Why is this here? Why is that there? Again, I cannot say enough. This is no one's fault. You, you are not doing this to yourself. 
it's, but I want you to recognize it as kind of the program that's running. Even little, even in little ways, your lunch could have been a little bit better. <laughs> this weather could be a little bit nicer and that's innocent, but it, but it's a reflection of a bigger thing going on all the time. It's a constant narrative and not in words necessarily in energy, in our feeling state. It's a constant fight against life. It's a constant fight against what is. And then our mind gets really elaborate with it sometimes. Like some people are enlightened and they don't, have, they don't feel this stuff and I want that and I've tried and I took that course and it didn't get me there and all of that, right? So it just keeps expanding and the stories get more and more sophisticated, but they're all stories. They're all stories. Anything that has us looking out and seeking and looking to other people and all of that, it's all just a massive innocent misunderstanding. So again, it's kind of beautiful how this happens and how much we suffer along the way because our suffering brings us back. Our suffering propels us forward to see things in a new way. And, and it's endlessly frustrating, you know, to want, just want the solution and not be able to find it. But, but there's a reason for that. It's not because people are keeping it from you. It's because there isn't a solution in the place we're looking. We're looking in the wrong place for a solution. Again, that's a fix or a patch or something that makes us not have to just not have to feel this. We just want to change. We want this to be different. Everything needs to be different in order for us to feel okay. And the thing we're missing is that that's not working. What if, what if, what it really is? It's like, hey, what if it's this? We keep rejecting this heaven on earth. We're pushing it away, saying, you don't look like I thought you'd look. You don't feel like I thought you'd feel. Get out of here. And then we wonder why we're in constant resistance and why we're never happy. So it's so much closer. When we say it's so much closer, again, I know to a mind that's so frustrating to hear because a mind can't hear that. A mind is already not close. A mind is conceptual. It doesn't know anything. It just works in concepts. It doesn't know reality. It doesn't know life. It doesn't know heaven on earth at all. It's just is concepts. So it's already, you know, conceptual. <laughs> it's, it's, it's divorced from, not really, but it's like a representation of life. And what, and then again, we, we say, God, I feel separate. Why do I not feel connected? Why do I feel like I'm different? You know, well, there's good reason for that. That's exactly what's happening. Everyone feels that way until they don't like everyone feels that way because we're, when we live in our heads, we are separate. We're living in a representation of made up stories, basically, rather than what's right here. So, we keep suffering and then that suffering keeps moving us a little bit closer to just get curious about things in a different way. And I, and you know, I know we've talked about this, but the, the way we explore, the way we lean in, the way we get curious about our thoughts, it has to be personal. There's no, there's no formula for it that anyone else could ever get. You know, we can point and that's helpful. We can, we can talk about how we do it, different people, and we can listen to how other people do it, and that can be helpful, but that doesn't mean that's what's going to work for us or that that's the answer at all. We're just getting ideas. We're just kind of looking in a direction when that happens. We have to just intuit our way through this in a sense, and I think that looks like, as we've talked about, 
when when we notice our beliefs are super rigid and they're saying, I hate this feeling and this shouldn't be happening, we need to get curious about that and say, okay, I can just be right. I can agree and say, that's right. This shouldn't be happening. Then we get to feel right, but you don't get to feel peace. You don't get to be happy in that. You just get to be right. And that's not very fun. So we keep getting curious, like, why? Why shouldn't this be happening? What's wrong with anxiety? Why should this thought not be here? Why, why am I afraid of this thought? Why does it feel threatening to me? What even is this thought? This thought that keeps coming up that I say, you're bad, intrusive, get out of here. Why? What makes that thought feel different than a thought we love? I don't know the answers to these questions, but this is what we all get to do for ourselves. What's so bad about this feeling? Can I feel it? Where is it? How's it moving? Like that level of curiosity and exploration and looking behind the curtain from what our mind says, oh, don't listen to that. You're anxious. You know, just go get on the medication. This course didn't work for you. That's what a mind will say. And that's okay. If that's if that's where we are, that's where, that's where I've been. That's where we've all been. And then we just keep suffering more and more. And our suffering keeps pulling us forward. So it all comes out in the wash. It's all okay. We're just might, you know, do something that leads to more suffering. But again, that suffering is going gonna, is gonna to wake us up at some point. But it is there to wake us up. And even in our, our, our attempts to feel and to do all that, you know, it can be so frustrating and we're not sure. And our mind's telling us we're doing it wrong and we're not doing it like this person and all of that. And that's okay. Get curious about that. That's there to, to wake us up too. Uh, last Tuesday, and I know there were some questions about this, but I want to talk about when, when I talked to Inez about the tiredness thing, right? She was suffering so much because she's always tired. Her being tired has zero to do with her suffering. N- not even a smidge, not even, it's, it's, there's no question. She's not suffering because she's tired. Everybody feels tired. That's not where the suffering is coming from. The suffering without question, is coming from all of these heavy stories she was believing and all the fighting against being tired, all the fear of this is going to happen, that's going to happen, right? We've all been there. Totally understandable that that's what was happening in her head. And that's where all of the suffering was coming from. It had nothing to do with being tired. So I know there were some questions about practical things like, shouldn't we tell her to go to the doctor? <laughs> shouldn't we do the, do this and do that? And absolutely. I just, I just think we all know that. Like, we all know that, you know? So for sure, if Enos can sleep, sleep. Please sleep if you can sleep. But that's not, again, that's not going to fix your suffering. It might make you feel better and it might calm your mind a little bit when you have a good night's sleep. That's great. Do that for sure. If you're sick and you think there's something wrong, go get checked out. But again, I, I... I think, I don't know, I think we get in this place where we just give all our power to other people. We we think we're so helpless, like, I need to know what to do. I need someone to point me to what to do. Who do I call? What do I Google? No, you don't. 
No, you don't. You know that you guys are so smart. Like we're all so smart and we have so many resources at our disposal. We don't need to know that stuff. But when our mind is super full of, oh my God, and then this will happen, then that'll happen. We feel really dumb. And that's when we feel, and I totally get that. Again, me too. I can be like, I don't know. I don't know. I need an advisor. I need someone to tell me what should I do? And then when our mind settles, you know, all of that clears a little bit and we know what to do. We just do it. We don't even know what to do. We don't even have to know what to do. We just do. We just do things. We just do what makes sense. So, so that's where this understanding is so incredibly practical from a clear mind. Everybody just knows what to do. And I don't, I don't want to say it that way, knows what to do, because that paints a picture that our mind is saying, here's the answer. It's not like that. Action is just taken. When you have to pee, you walk to the bathroom and pee. You don't have to make a decision about that. And, and honestly, sometimes you just walk to the phone and call a doctor. Sometimes you walk yourself to bed and take a nap in the middle of the day. All of that happens. That is how life is living us. So, you know, our head will get involved and say, I need to figure this out. But, but again, as we've kind of discussed, that's just the narrator. That's not actually doing anything. It's just talking about it after the fact. So I hope that, I hope seeing this kind of progression and sort of seeing you, we are intuition. We don't have intuition. Like we are intuition. We are common sense. We are wisdom. We naturally operate from that place. And when there are these big, heavy conceptual stories and we're really caught up in those arguing with life, we feel like we lose touch with our common sense, our intuition. And that's when we start getting really scared, understandably scared and frustrated. And we need this and we need that formula and we need to know. And all of that is just pointing us to our state of mind in the moment. That's all it is. It's just pointing us to how busy our mind is in that moment. And as our mind settles down, then we see things and really, really being curious about what if nothing needs to change? What if this is it? This I was thinking about sharing this and what a challenge it is. And um, it's weird because it's like when we all know this already, there's nothing been shared by me or Amanda or Jessica or Jessica or anybody here that is like news. Now, it might feel like news. It might register as news sometimes, but we're just pointing back to what we all already know. So in a sense... The way that we kind of see this the most is by relaxing and just letting it, letting ourselves be reminded, not trying to grasp at something like it's a new fact, because it really isn't, but letting our relaxing and letting ourselves be reminded. And I was thinking of my kids and swim lessons. So I have a 13 year old daughter and 11 year old son, and they, their minds could not be more different. <laughs> it's really fascinating to watch. My son is, he's, sporto like a kid is like obsessed with sports and he is super competitive and he loves like his sports are soccer and golf and he wants to be taught and then he will learn a skill and he'll go in the basement and do it a thousand times until he's mastered that and he loves it that's just his style he want he loves school he wants to learn but he looks outward a lot 
and it's so fun. It's fine. Right. But he's always looking, my coach knows, and this person knows, and this YouTube video taught me this. And it's great because he mimics these things and comes to see it for himself, but he doesn't quite see that part yet, but he's all about Give me the skill. I will go on my own and master it. Leave me on my own. I don't know what the heck to do, but somebody else show me and I can, I can be good at this. My daughter, complete opposite. We're trying to encourage her to be on her school swim team. And she's like, well, I love swimming, but I just don't like the people yelling stuff at me to do. <laughs> and we're like, you mean the coaches? That's like, my son's like, what do you mean? That's their job. They're supposed to tell you what to do. That's how you get good. And she's like, no, uh-uh. I'm, I'm going to figure it out myself. I, I'm going to do it my way. I don't want somebody yelling at me, telling me what to do. So total opposite. And when they were little, when we had them in swim lessons, we could throw Willow in the pool. She was so just relaxed and trusting. She like, you know how you hold like a little dog over the water and they start paddling. That's basically, she just, she just figure it out. Miller. Oh my gosh. This kid was swimming. Now again, golf or something that has a technical thing to learn. Wonderful. It took him three years to learn to float on his back and swim lessons. Super athletic kid because he couldn't relax. He hated swim lessons. He hated his teachers. He's like, my teachers are horrible. They don't teach me anything. We're like, buddy, how do you, you can't teach someone how to float. All you have to do to float is relax. They're trying, (laughs) they're pointing, they're building rapport. They're trying to be your friend. They're bribing you sometimes. They're doing everything they can think to do. They're promising you that you won't won't sink to the bottom. You can't teach that. The minute it clicked for him, and which had nothing to do with being in a swim lesson, the minute he just kind of saw it, then he felt it in his body. And it was like, oh, I guess my body does float. (laughs) But his head was getting in the way the whole time looking for how do I float? And it just, I was just thinking about that earlier because this is so much more like swim lessons than it is like a soccer lesson or a golf lesson. When we relax, we know it already. If you benefit from this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a quick review on iTunes. Listener reviews go a really long way in attracting brand new listeners to this understanding. And they also show me that you're listening and that you're benefiting from what you hear, which goes a really long way in encouraging me to keep going. So please pop over, leave a quick review if you're so inclined. And thank you so much for those of you who have reviewed it already. 